ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهديه الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد so in the last lesson we had come across these narrations that were talking about how there will be a group from this ummah that remain upon the truth all the way until the day of judgment there was the narration la yazalu min ummati qawmun zahirina ala nas hatta ya'tiyahum amrullah and also we had لا يزال من أمتي أمة قائمة بأمر الله ما يضرهم من كذبهم ولا من خالفهم حتى يأتي أمر الله وهم على ذلك Both of these narrations highlighting how there will be a group from this ummah upon the truth and they will remain so all the way till the end of time and that nobody will harm them, those who oppose them, those who deceive them, those who go against them, they will not be able to harm them or to deviate them. Ahlu Sunnah will always remain up until the establishment of the hour. In that narration, the last one, there had been the line that we spoke about last time, فقال مالك بن يخامر سمعت معاذا يقول وهم بالشام فقال معاوية هذا مالك يزعم أنه سمع معاذا يقول وهم بالشام There was that extra wording that Mu'adh said that this group, this ummah that will always remain to be upon the truth will be in Sham and al-Shaykh al-Athaymeen Rahimahullah Ta'ala had mentioned that he did not himself research into this as to whether that is a statement of Mu'adh that he heard from the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam or if it was just an addition made by Mu'adh ibn Jabal himself. So anybody done the homework on that? Hands up if you did the homework or tried to do the homework. One, two, three, four. I saw your hand going up slightly. No. Only three. So what's the conclusion from the three generally then? All three had the same conclusion. Basically that everything indicates or it appears that the statement is the statement of Mu'adh and that it's not a narration as a hadith from the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam but in reality to get an absolutely conclusive answer you have to research into the chains of narration you have to look at all of the various the turuq of the hadith and the alfaz and the words and everything to get an absolute conclusive answer with those paths and chains and narrations and asanid that's the only way when it comes to words and since i was 
reasonably confident nobody would get to that level. That's why I said there'd be a price. <laughs> Knowing that most likely, most likely nobody would go and do that much level of research and change and everything else, or even find the resources and the books to do so. So the prize is not going to be claimed by anybody. But then again, if the prizes were that easy everywhere, I'd be bankrupt by now. So they have to be difficult. So moving on from that then. قال البخاري رحمه الله تعالى قال حدثنا أبو اليمان قال أخبرنا شعيب عن عبد الله بن أبي حسين قال حدثنا نافع بن جبير عن ابن عباس قال وقف النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم على مسيلمة في أصحابه فقال لو سألتني هذه القطعة ما أعطيتكها ولن تعدوا أمر الله فيك أو ولن تعدوا أمر الله فيك ولئن أدبرت ليعقرنك الله محسن خان ذات who has the English, the workbook, read it out, loud voice. This narration then talks about Musaylamah. Musaylamah al-Kathab. He was who? He was an individual who lied. What did he lie about? What did he say? What was his lie? His major lie. He claimed that he was a prophet, that he had some prophethood after the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. In fact, it's mentioned about Musaylamah that he even brought witnesses who testified, we heard the messenger say that he has prophethood, he's been given revelation. He had witnesses, but of course, they were witnesses upon falsehood, liars, awlul witnesses testifying to lies for him. So he was Musaylamah al-Kathab as he is known as. Musaylamah, the liar who claimed to be a prophet or to have some prophethood in him after the Prophet ﷺ. We know that is an absolute lie because the Prophet Muhammad ﷺ is absolutely the final messenger. La nabiyya ba'di. There will be no other prophet after me. So in this narration it mentions how the Prophet ﷺ stood upon Musaylamah whilst Musaylamah was amongst his companions. And he said to him, if you were to ask me for this qita, for this piece of the palm, then I wouldn't give it to you. And the command of Allah will not bypass you, it will occur upon you. 
And if you were to turn away, then certainly you would be destroyed by Allah. This, as Shaykh Al-Athaymeen says, is kalamun qawi. Very strong speech. Very strong statements being made. لِأَنَّهُ كَلَامٌ مُبْطِلٌ Because it is the speech of the one who is upon truth in front of the one who is upon falsehood. The speech of the Prophet ﷺ upon Musaylama, the Kathab who is upon falsehood. وَهُوَ Musaylama الْكَذَّابُ يُقَالُ لَهُ كَذَّابُ الْيَمَامَةِ وَقَدْ كَانَ ذَا شَرَفٍ فِي قَوْمِهِ وَذَا سُلْطَانِ This Musaylama, he used to be somebody of respect and position and honor. He was somebody high up in his people. حَتَّى إِنَّهُمْ يُطْلِقُونَ عَلَيْهِ رَحْمَانُ الْيَمَامَةِ They even used to say to him before, the Rahman of Al-Yamama. The merciful of Al-Yamama, the leader, the one in authority of them there. وَلَمَّا أَخَذَ هَذَا الْإِسْمِ مِنْ أَسْمَاءِ اللَّهِ أَذَاقَهُ اللَّهُ الظُّلِّ So when he took this name, which is the name of Allah, Rahman, and they began to call him the Rahman of Al-Yamama, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala caused upon him degradation and humiliation. فَأَذَلَّهُ So Allah degraded him. وَكَذَّبَهُ And he was declared as a liar. فَقَدِ اِدَّعَ الرِّسَالَةَ فِي آخِرِ حَيَاتِهِمْ He claimed messengership at the end of the life of the Prophet ﷺ. وَتَبِعَهُ So the Prophet ﷺ was still alive. At the end of the lifetime of the Prophet ﷺ, this man Musaylama came about claiming that he has some degree of messengership in him. وَتَبِعَهُ فِئَامٌ مِنَ النَّاسِ مِنْ And some groups of people from his people followed him. وَوَفِدَ وَوَفَدَ إِلَى النَّبِيَ سَلَّمْ فِي نَحْوِ سَبْعِينَ رَجُلًا مِنْ أَصْحَابِهِ وَأَتَى إِلَيْهِ النَّبِيَ سَلَّمْ وَوَقَفَ عَلَيْهِ So Musaylama and approximately 70 people in this group of them came to the Prophet ﷺ and the Prophet ﷺ stood upon him, stood before him وَخَاطَبَهُ Musaylama and Musaylama addressed, spoke to the Prophet وقال, He said, Musaylama said to the Prophet Acknowledge, just give in to the fact that I have some messengership. Just accept that and say it. Acknowledge that I have some, some of it. And I will leave Hijaz and the surrounding area for you. And the area he was from Yamama, he said, that will be my land of authority and the surrounding areas. And that which is in line with Al-Yamama. So he said, just acknowledge it. Just say, I have some messengership. And you can have Hijaz and all of that area, Makkah, Medina, those areas. 
and Yamama, that will be my area. We'll agree on it like that. So that's what he went and said. وَكَانَ مَعَ النَّبِيِّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمْ قِطْعَ مِنْ جَرِيدٍ At the time the Prophet ﷺ was carrying a small piece of the palm leaf or the palm trunk. The palm, what did he say there? Palm leaf stalk. Stalk? Of the stalk. A section of the, the, pine, the uh, palm trees. So the Prophet ﷺ was holding one of those sections, holding one of those palm leaf things off the stalk. He was holding one of those. And he replied to Musaylama, لَوْ سَأَلْتَنِي هَذِهِ الْقِطْعَ مَا أَعْطَيْتُكَهَا If you asked me for just this, this small leaf of the palm tree, I wouldn't even give you that. I wouldn't even give you that. كَيْفَ أُعْطَيْكَ الْيَمَامَةِ how do you think I'm going to acknowledge and give you your mama and authority there? I wouldn't even give you this small item of the palm tree, let alone give you your mama. And this isn't the only incident. There were a few people, known famous people in history, who claimed prophethood. Musaylama is one of the famous ones. Musaylama al-Kathab, one of the famous ones. But there were a few others quite famous too, who claimed prophethood after the Prophet So who were these others? In fact, there was even one of them who claimed prophethood, but then later repented and died as a Muslim. Who were they? Their names? Nobody knows the names. So what are we going to have to do? The homework for this week, the homework for this week, a lot easier. Everybody can do this now. A lot easier. Everybody can do this. Find the names of some of those well-known individuals who claimed to be prophets after the Prophet Muhammad wasallam. One of them famously even then repented and accepted Islam and died as a Muslim in the end, repented from that claim. Who are these few famous individuals who claimed prophethood after the Prophet And a brief, brief one-line biography of each one. What happened to them? When did they die? How did they die? So that is the homework for this week, and that is a lot easier, very simple, Everybody without fail should be able to get the answer. Everybody without fail should be able to get the answer if you actually make an effort to go and look for the answer. That answer is definitely available, definitely out there, that is easy to find. So that's your homework for this week. We'll see how many people are able to participate and bring that answer for next week. This week we only had three all of them representatives of Manchester. We need some representatives from elsewhere, from the outer regions to bring some answers to. So inshallah ta'ala from next week, we'll see who else can find the answer to the individuals who claimed this prophethood. Sisters can participate. Sisters who want to participate at the beginning of next class, send your answers on pieces of paper 
and those answers we'll have them here too uh, or maybe we'll organize something you can email in the answers or something like that pass on or some some something can be done research anyway sisters can participate anyway and then we'll find a way whatever we're going to do either pass them forward on papers or something at the beginning of next class so everybody can participate in that simple homework find the answers to who these people were a few of them because really there have been people all throughout the centuries up until our time now really throughout the centuries there have been people all the way regularly every now and again somebody comes along claiming prophethood up until recently now you have the famous sect the Ahmadiyya but all we want is from those early times from those early times there was a few famous ones Musaylama one of them who are the others and a brief one-line biography so do that homework for this week we'll see how many can find the answer so then it goes on in the hadith to say وَلَن تَعْدُوَ أَمْرَ اللَّهِ فِيك and the command of Allah it will not bypass you it will not miss you you will not be able to avoid it meaning the command of Allah upon your destruction and if you were to turn away then certainly that punishment and the consequences of Allah will come upon you but what did Musaylamah do? He didn't repent, continued and turned away upon his way. And so that consequence came upon him that he was qutila fi ahdi Abi Bakr radiyallahu anhu fi yamamatih fi husnih faqatalahu sahaba radiyallahu anhu wa tabayyana bithalika kathibu. He was killed in the time of Abu Bakr. In the time of Abu Bakr radiyallahu anhu, he was killed in his own fortress فَقَتَلَهُ الصَّحَابَ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُمْ The companions, they killed him وَتَبَيَّنَ بِذَلِكَ كَذِبُهُ And so the lies of that person became clear وَقَدْ أَعْطَاهُ اللَّهُ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى آيَاتٍ لَكِنَّهَا آيَاتٌ تَدُلُّ عَلَى كَذِبِهِ لَا عَلَى صِدْقِهِ That man Musaylamah was given ayat he was given signs, but they were not signs upon his truthfulness. They were not signs upon his prophethood. They were signs upon his lying. Signs upon the fact that he was not truthful. وَمِنْ هَذَا مَا ذَكَرَهُ الْمُؤَرِّخُونَ أَنَّهُ أُتِيَ إِلَيْهِ بِصَبِي فِي شَعْرِهِ تَمَزُّقْ تالف بعضه فطلب منه أن يمسح على الرأس ليخرج أو ليخرج بقية شعر فمسح عليه فأراهم الله آية تدل على كذبه وهي تساقط الشعر الباقي فكانوا يريدون أن يخرج شعر التالف لكن الأمر كان بالعكس There is a story mentioned about مسيلمة A sign that occurred to indicate him being a liar. That on one occasion they mentioned in the books of history, a young child was brought to Musaylamah 
and this child had an issue with his hair there were patches of hair not quite right and it was all slightly all messed up on his hair and so they came and they said to Musaylama they requested from him that he wipes upon the head of this child so that the hair all grows out nice and those bold patches and the problems that the child had with his hair would be rectified and the hair would grow out nice so Musaylama wiped upon the child he wiped upon the child and Allah showed them a sign then because when he wiped upon the child the hair didn't all come out nice now and the patches and everything and grow properly instead the rest of the hair that was actually there all fell out the rest of it even all fell out so it ended up even worse than what it began they came for a cure he wiped over and the other hair fell out as a sign that this man is a liar upon what he's upon he's not upon the truth in what he claims the opposite occurred of what he was claiming There is another example Another example they mention another story about a well that was drying up and basically we know some of the stories of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam the miracles that occurred with water there was that one occasion here it mentions Hudaybiyah there was another occasion when uh, when they were out with the army perhaps Hudaybiyah itself on one occasion when they were out with the army the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam and the Muslims and they ran out of water so the Prophet sallallahu sent two of the companions one of them was one of them was who? Ali ibn Abi Talib and the other one two of them they went out searching for some water and they came across they came across this mushrika woman they came across this woman a non-muslim woman mushrika upon her camel in the desert wherever they came across her and she had two large pouches of water on the camel either side and she was going along so when they saw these large pouches of water she was carrying they assumed she must have filled them up from somewhere nearby couldn't have been too long ago so they asked her, where did you fill up your pouches? Where's the water? She said, she said, it's a distance of a day's journey. It's been a day since I filled them up. One day worth of journey backwards that way. So then they realized, obviously, it's not close. It's a long way away. A day of traveling on the camel. She'd been traveling for a day from the source of the water. So then they requested her to come back to the Prophet So she came back and in the narration it mentions how the Prophet requested a small amount of water from each pouch and that small amount of water when it was taken out and then the Prophet from his miracles it became enough for all of the army to make wudu from and to drink from even though all that was taken from her pouches 
was a small amount from each pouch, then that became from the miracles that it was enough to suffice the whole army in making the wudu and in drinking from it. Here, there's a story like that where they went to Musaylamah uh, for a well and they wanted the well to increase in the water and they took him and it did not occur in essence again indicating that this man was a liar he didn't have these miracles he was not somebody of messengership of prophethood and there's other stories they mention around Musaylama indicating the signs of his falsehood but the point being here the Prophet ﷺ said, The command of Allah will not bypass you. Lan ta'dua, or you will not bypass the command of Allah. Amr Allah fiq. Wa hadha huwa alladhi waqa'a fa inna hadha rajul kathab. Lam ya'dua amr Allah fiq. Musaylama was a liar. He was not able to bypass the command of Allah upon him, which was the command of destruction. And he was destroyed, killed, by the Sahaba at the time of Abu Bakr. The previous narrations, the point had been what? Speech of Allah was one point, but there was something else in common to all of these narrations. The command of Allah. In the previous narrations, it had mentioned they will remain upon that way. Hatta yatiya amrullah. In this case as well, lan ta'dua amrullah. All of this talking about the command of Allah in creation. Al amr, al kawni. That when Allah decrees an affair to occur, then it occurs. Ma sha Allahu kan wa ma lam yasha lam yakun. Whatever Allah wills, then it occurs. And whatever He does not will, then it cannot and will not occur. So this all talking about the command of Allah and how the command of Allah certainly occurs in this creation. Whatever Allah wills, then it occurs. With that topic, there are some other points that aren't here right now as our topic. But you have the issue of the command of Allah in creation or the will of Allah in creation and the will of Allah in terms of the Sharia. There is one thing in terms of Allah, what He wills in creation. Whatever Allah wills in creation absolutely will and does occur, must. But then there is a will of Allah in terms of the Sharia sense. What Allah loves from the creation Allah loves from the creation that everybody should be upon Tawheed. But in the actual creation and by the will of Allah and the justice and the wisdom, not everybody is upon Tawheed. Not everybody is upon Iman. They talk about these scenarios with examples. The will of Allah in the creational sense and the will of Allah in the religious sense, what Allah loves that everybody should be upon, but creationally in the decree and by the wisdom and the justice of Allah, we know that it's not always everybody who is exactly upon that way. They give an example of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq. anhu. The fact that he was a believer. Was he a believer? 
Absolutely. So Allah must have willed that in the creational sense. Al-Amr al-Kawni. In the creation, in this decree, Allah willed that Abu Bakr was going to be a believer. So he was. Islamically, in the Sharia, that type of will, then Allah also willed it there too. Because Allah loves that everybody should be a believer. So did Allah love that Abu Bakr should be a believer? Absolutely. And did Allah decree that in the creational sense? Absolutely. So both of the wills of Allah are found in the example of, or in the statement of Abu Bakr was a believer. What about the statement Abu Talib was not a believer? That's a factual statement. Abu Talib was not a believer. Therefore, we know that Allah decreed it in the creational sense. That was decreed by the choices. Abu Talib, we've spoken about that before. Choices will you have. Allah decreed Abu Talib as a non-believer. Did Allah love in the Islamic sense, in that will, that he be a non-believer? No. So in that example, one of the wills of Allah occurs, not both. Allah doesn't love that he be a disbeliever, but Allah decreed in the creational sense that he is a disbeliever. Another example, Abu Talib being a believer. Abu Talib being a believer. Salamatullah. In the Islamic sense, Al-Irada Ash-Shari'iyya, does Allah love that Abu Talib be a believer or that anybody be a believer? Absolutely, that exists. In the creational sense, was it decreed as such? No. So again, one of the two types, this time the Islamic type is there. Who can think of an example of the last combination which is where neither the Islamic will is there, nor in the creational sense it is there. The statement that Abu Bakr was a disbeliever. Would Allah love that to be the case in the Islamic sense? No. Did Allah decree that in the creational sense? No. So neither of the wills were present in that statement or scenario. That's a side topic. It's just something which comes up more in the topic of the decree. When you study the decree in a bit more detail, those topics come there regarding the will of Allah. We've said many a time before, if people say, then why does Allah allow people to be kuffar? We've said many a time before, that is by the wisdom of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah gave us choice, gave us ability. The one who chooses the path of evil, chooses the path of kufr, then Allah sees that from those people and their hearts are then sealed upon their kufr and they go upon their kufr. That decree is decreed upon them by the choices they made and what Allah knows of their hearts and what they choose for themselves and the kufr they choose for themselves. So it is not a case of saying, well, why does Allah allow that? That is the whole purpose of this test and this world. Belief, iman and kufr, disbelief. And Allah tests the people who will choose that iman and tread upon it. 
and who will choose their desires and kufr, and then the people are held accountable upon that in the hereafter. That is the creational aspect of things. In the Islamic perspective, in that will of Allah, of course, the will of Allah would be that everybody be upon Iman and Tawheed. That is what Allah loves. But what is decreed in reality upon the choices people make and the test and how they pass or fail that test, some of them may choose the path of Kufr and they die upon Kufr. Others choose the path of Iman and they die upon Iman. So that brings us to the end of that narration. Um, next week, inshallah ta'ala, on time. Next week, 9 o'clock, Isha still? So next, next week, uh, on time, 8 p.m. Next week, we should be able to get a full one hour in, uh, especially since we want to put time aside at the beginning for the homework. So next week, insha'Allah ta'ala, I expect to be able to start at 8 p.m. So everybody on time next week, insha'Allah, will get a full hour in, get the full class in, insha'Allah, as I expect. It's a, a strange situation next week. Either class is going to be on at 8, 8, 8 p.m. on time for a full hour, or it's going to be completely off. But insha'Allah, this week it will uh, become clearer. I expect, insha'Allah, it will be on full hour from 8 p.m. next week. So, we'll leave it there. Anything to add from there? Any questions? Anything else? All right, we'll conclude on that next week, insha'Allah, 8 p.m. وصلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين